Hey folks, Joseph Noop here, as always. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. I realize it's kind of a special one. We didn't get an episode up on Monday because post-E3 plague like knocked me for a loop. And uh, next week we're having an interview with the Outer Wilds team, but I really wanted to get something up because over the course of E3, uh, one conversation in particular really stuck out to me, and it was something, in my opinion, really sparked off by my good friend John Phillips. Uh, himself, he is a, a former Marine, and he's the uh, host of the Super Deformed Games cast, which you can find on Twitter, YouTube, and it's on Twitter. And um, being a former Marine, he had a lot of thoughts about the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare reboot and uh, the sort of the marketing and some of the comments made by the developers and people you know, responsible for the, the narrative behind it. Um, to catch you up, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the first game, was 2007. And since then, we've had like literally 10 or 12 different Call of Duties uh, every year, of course, all sort of ramping up the intensity of their, their fantasy. Uh, you don't need me to tell, to tell you that any Call of Duty is a very Hollywoodified uh, version of warfare, be it World War II, modern and I imagine space warfare too. We'll, we'll figure that out when we get there. Um, but the developers, Infinity Ward and then publisher Activision, are really leaning into, uh, with this reboot, they're really leaning into, hey, we're tackling the sort of moral gray areas of warfare. It's less about gunning down 50 guys and more about uh, making your way slowly through an environment and, and making a judgment call when uh, you're not entirely sure who you're supposed to be fighting kind of thing. Um, and John, through a series of tweets, really dove into that subject matter with a level of honesty and perspective that I think very few of us could ever have. And he he was criticizing Activision and Infinity Ward for uh, using some of this discussion about you know, the realism of warfare, the grittiness, the, the most realistic uh, warfare game we've ever made, and kind of opening up a window into his own history as a, a service member and some of the trauma he experienced. Um, so Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I, I, I want to read a couple of quotes here from various outlets that kind of illustrate this before we actually dive into what John talked about. Um, everyone kind of got these same previews and demos, so I don't think that this is uh, particularly a unique take, but I'm just I'm reading from IGN here. Uh, the demo was essentially a terrorist attack happens in London, like a bomb goes off, and uh, the SAS, you play as an, a, a member of the SAS, uh, basically infiltrating a, not infiltrating, but like performing a raid on a townhouse somewhere where they suspect the terrorists responsible for the attack are housed. Um, quote, you creep up the steps and the bad guys scream anxiously to each other, knowing something is amiss. You hear panicked voices bursting into another dark room. You shotgun one bad guy, turn and see a frantic woman. She screams, no, no, no but inches back towards a table with an object on it. You shoot her dead just as her hand was nearly on the object she was reaching for, which, upon closer inspection, was a detonator. On another floor, you do more night vision-powered close-quarters combat punctuated by an encounter with a woman holding a baby. You don't pull the trigger, and it's unclear if the game would let you do so if you tried, but it's a disturbing moment nevertheless. Uh, Polygon got a quote from... 
uh, one of the gameplay directors, Mink, uh, a man by the name of Minkoff, uh, quote, this is the most authentic and realistic game we have ever made. All we want to do as storytellers is make players feel something. Um, uh, PlaystationBlog.eu uh, got another interview with the narrative director, uh, a gentleman by the name of Kurosaki. Uh, uh, some of our consultants say we had imperfect intel. We were fighting in, in an area that was blurry, that wasn't black or white, and yet we are expected to be perfect. That is the burden that we carry, and we know we have to be perfect. Uh, it's not lip service, Kurosaki continued. It's straight from the horse's mouth. But it's not relentless either. There are moments of levity and camaraderie. It has heart. It has characters that you care about and root for. It puts you into the shoes of these fighters. Uh, and finally, I want to read this one from PC Games, and they were doing a longer form interview. And they ask, uh, sticking with the townhouse mission, there are lots of situations where presumably you can create civilian casualties. Are there consequences for these? And one of the members of Infinity Ward says, Yeah, there are. Uh, Call of Duty has always had friendly fire will not be tolerated warnings when you kill too many civilians. Obviously, we're trying to make things much more realistic, much more visceral this time, so that if you kill a single civilian, you feel bad, because you might see a woman go for a gun, but instead she's going to grab her baby. We want you to feel bad, and the characters around you will respond and react to what you did too. On top of this, we also have a collateral damage score that we give you after each mission. A rank A through F score. We talk about unknowns. An NPC is an unknown until they prove whether they're a threat or not. If you killed no innocents and you evaluate all unknowns correctly, then you'll end up with a rank A. And if you kill more than three, you'll get a rank F. There are rewards associated with being as accurate with your threat assessment as possible. <sighs> Woof, and um, uh, quote, uh, woof is me. To th Call of Duty has always gamified warfare, um, and like I said earlier, you don't need me to tell you that it is Hollywood, uh, a fake version of warfare. Um, but to hear them kind of literally say, we're going to give you a report card for navigating the murky waters of warfare modern warfare where you're not entirely you're, you're fighting an insurgency or you're fighting militia uh, non-uniformed combatants um and civilians thousands of civilians are getting killed to think you're getting kind of a report card for that with literal with a literal a through f uh maybe it's my american teaching speaking but uh, you know an f in american schools means like 60 percent or lower and i just think that like if you kill one person, I don't think you did half the job you did. But that's that's the murky moral gray area. And uh, I am not a service member. I do not have like a really an authority to talk about this, which is why uh, so John posted a about 30-minute video of himself discussing this uh, with his followers on Twitter. And rather than me have the conversation with him again and go over the same stuff again, um, I, I was really struck by... The emotion he displayed and the the clarity of thought he displayed uh, while discussing all of this. So I'm going to step back and let the recording just kind of speak for itself. Let John speak for himself, and hopefully, uh, you dear listeners will gain some sort of appreciation for the perspective of this service member who I consider a very dear friend and. Um, even though Infinity War and Activision and Call of Duty 
have numerous consultants. Um, they're very open about that. Uh, there's still a level of conversation that isn't happening um, that, you know, if it makes someone like John um, react to this strongly, I think it's worth every, it's worth it that everyone has that conversation. So I'll quit there. I'm going to let John speak for himself and I'll see you in about 30 minutes on the other side. And here we go. Uh, hey everybody, uh, my name is John um, at Mr. Negative on Twitter, and earlier this week I posted a very long uh, Twitter thread um, on my thoughts about Call of Duty and some statements that had been made by Infinity Ward on a panel at E3. And I wanted to, you know, I tweeted about it, but it's one thing to talk about it in a series of tweets, and it's another thing to actually discuss it here uh, like this. Um, so I'll start with a content warning. Um, I'm going to be very descriptive. Uh, I'm not, I'm going to try not to hold anything back about some of the things I've seen and why, which, because that will give you context as to as to why this is so important for me. Um, as you can tell, I'm very nervous and shaky right now. I, I don't, not particularly thrilled about going live and talking about this in such an open forum where anybody can watch, but I really, it's been bothering me all week and I really feel like I need to just kind of get it off my chest, I guess. Um, so while, uh, while people are filtering in here, um, I'm going to bring up my tweet thread uh, from the other day because there are some quotes from Infinity Board in there that I want to touch on. And I also want to give people a few more moments to kind of filter in here. Jesus, my fucking hands are shaking so bad that I can hardly manipulate my mouse here. Um, so give me just, if you bear with me for just one more second, uh, I will, um, I will, I will get this show on the road. Uh, so I'm going to just kind of tweet this out again real quick and, and retweet it. If, if everybody watching wants to, to retweet it as well, um, I may be massively uncomfortable, but I would like this to go out to as wide an audience uh, as possible. Hopefully people can hear me okay. Um, so anyway, I'll just, I'll touch a little bit on my, my military background uh, real quick. I spent, uh, I spent five years in the United States Marine Corps. Um, during that time, I deployed to Iraq twice uh, and to Afghanistan twice, and then an additional three more times as a civilian uh, after the Marine Corps. Um, my first deployment was the worst one. Uh, that was the um, that was the first battle for, or I'm sorry, that was the second battle for Fallujah. Um, and we were we split our time in between several different places. We were in Mahmoudia which is a town about, I want to say, oh God, I want to say somewhere south of Baghdad. I can't remember exactly how far it was from Baghdad in between Yusufia and Ludafia. And we also spent a large portion of our time at the Mech, uh, which was uh, basically the, the base for allied forces uh, in Fallujah. 
uh, or just outside of Fallujah. Um, and we spent a lot of time inside the city itself. The parts that I want to comment on um, that have to do with why I have such a problem with what Infinity Ward said in regards to Call of Duty uh, was my time in Mahmoudia and also my time in a place called Zaydan, which is about 10 clicks south of Fallujah. Um, Zaydan was the worst few weeks of my life. Um, I think about Zaydan a lot, uh, even to this day. Um, so like I said, my, my first deployment was the worst. And, you know, I wasn't a, I wasn't an, a, an 0311. I wasn't a grunt. But, at this, you know, every Marine is a rifleman first. And at this point, things were so bad that it didn't matter what your MOS was. You were, you were fucking in the shit. You were on patrol. You were on foot patrols. You were in vehicle patrols. You were doing court and knocks. Um, it, it, it didn't matter. You were pulling, you were pulling guard duty. Um, everybody, every swinging dick with a rifle was, was in the shit. Didn't matter if you were a cook or admin or, or infantry or, you know, it, it just didn't matter. It didn't matter if you were the motor pool. Um, and what we saw there, um, so when we when we got to when we got to Zaydan, um, we called it um, we called it Camp Incoming uh, because while we were there, uh, we would take about maybe I, I can't even count how many rounds of indirect fire a day. That's rockets and mortars, um, and uh, we called it. And and the thing about Camp Incoming was that it was just uh, we we fit our battalion into this you know, big, it, it was, it was large, but it was just enough for the entire battalion to kind of shove its way in there. And there was maybe a, there was like a, I want to say like a 12, 14 foot wall around the perimeter, but there was no cover, um, at all. So when the rockets and the mortars started raining in, all we could really do was throw on our flak and our Kevlar and, and just hope for the best. Um, that's, that's really the only option we had available to us. Um, and that's where we lost. Uh, that's where we lost um, Gunny Bomb, uh, Gunny Gunnery Sergeant Ronald Bomb. He was 38 when he died. I was 40 feet away from him, um, and that's where I was wounded. That's where I, I was almost killed by um, by a rocket uh, that landed on the other side of a Hesco barrier. Um, before I go any further, I want to actually you know what i'll i'll just I'll, I'll keep going with this a little bit and then i'll get into the comments made by infinity ward and and why they affected me so much um when gunny bomb died he was he was in a humvee he was in he was sitting he was sitting in the turret of a vehicle and uh we had been taking some indirect fire and he didn't like the position of the he didn't like the position of the vehicle he was in. He thought it was putting his Marines in danger. He was a CI guy, counterintelligence. And uh, he worked with the head team, the human exploitation team. And he ordered the driver to move the vehicle uh, to another part of our little makeshift fob there. It's a forward operating base. Um, and as soon as he stopped, as soon as the vehicle stopped uh, in the location that Gunny Bomb had, had designated, um, a rocket went right into the turret. And, and that was that was it. That was the end of Gunny Bomb. Um, there was nothing left. Um, he was uh, he was gone, and we. I worked with him closely. I worked with Gunny Bomb very closely. I saw him every day, and um, you know I had been out with him before. And when he you know he died, that was my first real experience with somebody that I knew 
uh, in combat getting killed. That was that was the first one for me. Um, and I was about maybe I was you know I wasn't very far away when it happened. Um, and we had to help. And again, like there's a content warning for all of this, so it, you know I don't blame you if you want to dip out. Um, but we had to uh, you know a bunch of Marines had to clean him out of the Humvee. Um, he left behind uh, a wife and two young kids. Uh, he was 38 years old. He's as old. He was as old as I am now. Um, I was 23 at the time. Uh, this was 15 years ago. You know, give or take a couple months. Um, and then a few days later, I was almost killed uh, by a rocket. So me and uh, a kid, a little younger than me, named Lance Corporal Burgess. Um, were playing gate guard duty and we heard what I think was an RPG hit, you know, the other side of the wall. And so we ran back into the fob and, um, we ran around a HESCO barrier, which is basically uh, just a sandbag, a big ass sandbag. That's like, I don't know, maybe up to here, like, you know, mid, you know, around your midsection level. Um, it's shaped like a square. And the minute we ran behind it, uh, a rocket came out of the sky literally right in front of the HESCO barrier and lifted us off our feet and tossed us both back through this little stucco alabaster wall with no ceiling. Uh, and the wall came tumbling down on us. Um, and Burgess had a big chunk of shrapnel uh, in his right shoulder, you know, right here. And I was standing, I was, you know, I was standing next to him. Um, I had shrapnel miss me by just a few inches. Uh, and I lost a bunch of hearing uh, in, in one of my ears uh, because of that. Um, my hand shook for a few weeks, uh, and I've, I've thought about that. And, you know, I, after it was over, you know, after we, were, we had recovered a little bit, we spent about a day recovering, but after that we walked back uh, around the other side of that HESCO barrier, and there were big chunks of shrapnel stuck in the, stuck in the sandbag. And had we been standing on the other side of that HESCO barrier, then um, it would have cut us in half. I, I wouldn't be here. So I, I was literally just two feet away from, from not being here to talk about any of this, um, not having experienced anything, you know, subsequent. Um, so I want to, now that I've explained, like, and there's, you know, I could, I could tell you guys all kinds of other stuff. Um I mean, you know, we used to, you know, like, you know what, I'll dive into, um, I'll dive into Infinity Ward's comments here real quick. Um, so I tweeted this out the other day, uh, and, uh, you know, the following quote uh, was in regards to, um, there's a scenario in the game apparently where you can accidentally shoot a baby being held by a, a woman civilian. And what they said was, if you comport your way, or if you comport yourself in a way not befitting a soldier, the game will fail you. Um, the game will try to figure out if you shot that baby on purpose or accidentally. I, I, you know, I, why, like, why, why is that here? Like, why is that even an option like that? You know, I've, I've had a lot of people in my mentions the past few days saying, oh, but this is important. You know, John, like it's, you know, don't don't make them censor their game. Don't tell them to censor their game. You know, this is this is part of war. You know, it's a learning experience. But but we didn't fucking go around shooting, you know, civilians and, and babies in, in Iraq. That's not what we did. That's not what I did. So so that isn't a fucking accurate depiction of, of what it's like to be at war. And there's no fucking reason 
for for having for for giving you the ability to shoot an infant. Like, yeah, I get it's not real. I get it's fucking digitized. But why is that even a fucking option? Like, it, it, it adds nothing to the gameplay, and it's not a realistic scenario. It's, you know, it, Marines and soldiers in Iraq didn't run around fucking, you know, just killing babies ad nauseum. That's not what happened. It's it's not going to teach you anything. Um, none of this is going to teach you anything. Um, you know, here's another one. If you're really trying to do your job and you're just like, oh, God damn it, I made a mistake and I feel really bad about that, we want you to feel that. We want you to really sit with that. You know, let me fucking tell you what it's like to actually feel bad about fucking up in combat. Let me tell you what it's actually like to sit with something. For 15 fucking years, I have thought about that day that I almost died. For 15 fucking years, I have thought about Gunny Bomb or Staff Sergeant McDonald or Corporal Belchick or, or guys who – Marines who aren't with us anymore. And, and you know, those are the fucking moments that, that, that people like me sit with. You know, it, it, it's not some – it's not something that you can recreate – in a in, in a fucking video game it's not something that should be recreated in a video game um you know when you fuck up in combat when when a soldier or a marine or anybody who's been in combat when you fuck up in combat there are consequences there are dire consequences people die and yeah sometimes innocent people die and it fucking sucks and it's something that sticks with you forever if you have a shred of empathy in your heart anyway or if you have a fucking soul it sticks with you those are the moments that people like us fucking sit with Day in and day out for fucking years, decades, the rest of our lives. So don't sit here, Infinity Ward, and fucking tell me that that you want us to feel that. That you want us to really sit with that. We have shit that we sit with every day. And nothing, nothing that I have experienced or any other combat veteran has experienced is going to be able to be recreated for the audience in a fucking video game. It's just not going to happen. And we shouldn't want it to happen. You know, like, how... I feel like I'm taking fucking crazy pills. Like, how fucking dare you? How fucking dare... And, 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 and here's the other thing that, that pisses me off. So people who have actually seen the game uh, at at E3 have said, you know what, despite what Infinity Ward has said, and despite what has been said on the internet, aside from one scene with a little girl, which I don't even fucking want to know what that entails, it just seems like another Call of Duty game. It just seems like another Call of Duty game, which bothers me even fucking more. Because if that's the case, you're using language like this and you're exploiting fucking, you're exploiting fucking trauma and you're exploiting experiences that veterans have had, real experiences, as fucking bullet points in marketing to sell your fucking video game. And, and, and that's fucked up. That, that is fucked up. Why would you do that? Like, what is wrong with you? What are you thinking? You know, I've had people in my mentions for days now telling me, you know, John, this is important because it's going to teach us – it's going to teach us what war is about. It's going to teach us what combat is like. It's going to teach us what – you know, you know, it's going to it's going to get us into the mindset of a soldier. We're going to learn soldiery and it's, it's going to be an important, an important lesson for a lot of people because we, we need that realism. We want to experience what it's like. But here's the thing. There is no fucking video game or movie or television show or book that is going to be able to give you the experience of actually being on a battlefield. There's nothing that is going to, to, to teach you about that. There's nothing that's going to help you feel those emotions. There is nothing in a, there's nothing in a video game or a film that is going to depict to you what it's like to go out on patrol 
and find a cache of videotapes. And when you find those videotapes, you bring them back to the five, you watch them, and what is it? What do you see there? It's a fucking video of some poor soul begging for his life as his head is slowly sawed off of his body. And you have to sit there and listen to it and watch it. And those images and those sounds are, are burned into your mind and your heart forever. Forever. It's going on patrol in a vehicle, sitting up on the turret, looking out for the piano wire that might be strung across the road to take your head clean off as you're, as you're driving down the road. It's, it's wondering if that car that is driving right next to your convoy is going to detonate and fucking kill you right there and fucking take out everybody else in your vehicle. It is watching, it is watching impact, rounds impact right in front of you for the first time and thinking, Jesus fucking Christ, I don't want to die. Please don't let me die. Please, if there's a fucking God out there, don't let me die. That, you can't, you're not going to fucking learn about this shit from Call of Duty. And if that's what you're looking for, if if these are experiences that you want, like you're not going to fucking like you want to talk about a moment that people sit with. You want to talk about moments that veterans sit with and live with. What about learning that somebody that you highly respected, a service member who's seen combat, blew his fucking head off years later because he couldn't deal with the trauma of what he had been forced to do, leaving behind a wife and a kid very young. Those are the fucking moments that stick with people like me and other veterans, anybody who's seen combat, anybody who's seen real combat. And, 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 and if you want to experience that, if, if, if you are desperate to see the things that people like me have seen, if you are desperate to do the things that people like me have done, here's how you do it. it, it, it don't play a fucking video game. Go down the street and find a recruiter. It doesn't matter if it's the Marine Corps or the or you know or or the Army. Find something that you know. Pick an MOS. Pick infantry. Find something that you know will lead you to combat and go to war. That is the only way that you are going to get a realistic, accurate depiction about what it means to be at war. Because being at war isn't just about being in combat. War doesn't stop on the battlefield. For people who have seen it and lived through it and survived to talk about it, it the, the war never stops. You think about it for the rest of your life and you relive those moments for the rest of your life. It's, it's not a game. It's not a joke. And it's not a fucking selling point for your video game. It's not. And, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody what they can or can't create. I'm not going to tell anybody what they can or can't play. I'm not going to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't play. Play whatever you want. If you're excited about the new Call of Duty and the direction is taking great, more power to you. Play it. I'm not telling you you, I'm not telling you, you shouldn't. Enjoy it. Because at the end of the day, right, it's, it's, you know, it's not real. And I understand that. My issue is with the language being used. And the fucking blatant disrespect shown to veterans and and the shit that we go through. Because I, th- these are things that these are things that I think about every day of my life. And I didn't have it anywhere near as bad as some of the other guys. I'll tell you right now. There's shit that I think about every day and I didn't have it near as bad as others. Although I will say that I don't find, I don't see any reason for there to be 
I don't know why you would include the ability to shoot a baby in Call of Duty. That is one thing that I don't approve of. I, I, I want I want it out. I want it taken out. Call it fucking censorship if you want. But here's the thing. There are some things that you just shouldn't put in games. There are just, sh- there are just some things you shouldn't film. And a good example is a movie called The Road. Based on the book The Road by Cormac McCarthy. When I read the book, in the book, there is a scene near the end of the book where a two men and a woman are roasting a baby on a spit. And it's a and it's a, it's an incredibly brutal scene in a post-apocalyptic world. And when they filmed the movie, the director said, you know what? I can't film that. I can't film that because it's unfilmable. That's not something that I'm interested in. It's not something that I want to depict because it's not in good taste. Um, I don't see how this is any different. Like, you know, people are arguing for this shit to be included in the game. People are arguing for, for it to stick around. I don't understand why. Like, like what, is the, what is the appeal behind that? Why would you even want to do that? There are people in my mentions who say, no, keep it in there. Why? Like, what the fuck is, what, what is compelling about that? You know, like, let's say, let, let's say this game was able to teach you about, about war. Let's say this game did tell you or f- let you feel what it was like to be in a combat scenario. There's nothing about shooting a fucking, there's nothing about shooting a baby in a game that's going to fucking depict that for you. So why keep it there? Because it's not about, it's not about being respectful, and it's not about actually wanting to depict an accurate war scenario. It's about being edgy. And it's about it's about press. And it's about wanting to sell your game. And it's about getting people talking about your game. Like I'm doing right now. I'm actually, in a way, I'm playing into all of this. Right? Because I'm here talking about it. And and it sucks. I don't I don't want to talk about this shit. It I I I, I think enough about it. I I I hate I hate talking about it. I don't want to talk about it, but I, I have to, because not many other people are. And, you know, the response I've gotten from veterans in my feed the past few days have, have validated that for me. I'm very tired. I'm sorry. Um, this means a lot to me. And look, regardless of what happens, I'm not going to buy the game. I'm not going to play the game. And like I said, I, you know, I, I, I don't I don't enjoy games about war. I don't enjoy movies about war. Um, and that's my prerogative. I'm not I'm just not going to do it. More power to you if you do. But I really need. I really need Infinity Ward to think about the language that they use to promote their 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 game about about Call of Duty because when you say I think I had the um the quote here part of the reality of war is that there are people who face unpleasant events that's a fucking word for it but what we don't want to shy away from is the realities that some people face in war So let me tell you, Infinity Ward, about the realities that people face in war. Because it's not just the combat. It, it's what comes after that is almost just as bad for a lot of people. I mean, I used to, I used to swear. I mean, when I got home for some time, I would swerve away from trash bags or 
cardboard boxes on the side of the road because I thought it was an IED. Um, I would jump 10 feet in the air uh, at the sound of a car backfiring or a loud bang somewhere. Um, my mom once walked in on me um, sitting in my old bedroom at home sobbing uncontrollably into my hands um and you know i'm i'm one of the luck i'm one of the very lucky people you know like i'm i'm okay you know like i'm i'm you know i'm okay um but a lot of men and women aren't okay a lot of them aren't here anymore um because you know there's a um you know the death toll doesn't stop on the battlefield it, it happens at home too people unable to cope with PTSD or the things they've been forced to see or the things they've been forced to do to stay alive um, and you know I just want there to though you know the realities that we face are hearing about your people you fought with you know ruined marriages and you know people taking their own lives years after the after the after the bullets stopped flying um, people who people who harm their friends people who harm their loved ones people who forget that they're they're not in combat anymore people who can't process the fact that they're not in combat anymore people who end up almost missing it despite hating it because it's the only place they feel comfortable anymore um and hating themselves for feeling that way you know those are the um those are the unpleasant events that that people like us face i mean if you want to talk about the realities that some people face in war i mean it's it's looking a detainee in the face while he says don't in 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 perfect english don't ever let us go don't ever let me go because if you do if i get out of here i'm not going to come after you i'm going to come after your family that those that is that is living with the realities that people face in war. It's uh, marriages ending because of long deployments. It's years and years of therapy. It's a lifetime a lifetime's worth of disabilities. Those are the realities of war. Infinity Ward. So. just be mindful of of what you say you know because what you you know th this isn't I, I get that you want to sell your game but you did it you went about it the wrong way you did um and yeah that's uh that is pretty much what I wanted to say. Um, it's been on my mind for a few days now. Um, but I don't want anybody thinking that I didn't walk away from combat not having learned a lesson or, or not having taken anything good about it real quick before I end. Um, this is a story I've told before, but I, I doubt many people have heard it, so... Uh, about three months into about three months into my first deployment, 
uh, we were in Mahmoudia, uh, and we had, our battalion had taken refuge in just this small uh, plant for processing chickens, you know, you know, for, you know, killing chickens and getting them ready to eat. Um, and when we were there, uh, you know, you know, like, you know, it was, it was a high threat area. So we were taking indirect fire every day. At least here we had cover, but you know, constant explosions on the roof and, 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 and stuff like that. Um, and about three months into the deployment, I, it felt like everything I had left behind and all the people, all my family back home, all my friends, it felt like they were just something I dreamed up in my head. And this felt like they felt like something that had, it felt like a story or a movie I had seen, like all these moments in my life, it felt like it, it had happened to somebody else and not me. And I started to forget what it was like to, you know, to, to be home, to, to, to live my old life. And I was numb at this point. We all were. Um, and I went up on the, I went up to the roof of the chicken factory one night. And of course I had all my flak and Kevlar on because, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And I was smoking a cigarette. I smoked back. I mean, we all smoked back then. It didn't fucking matter if you were a non-smoker or not. We all smoked. And I was sitting on the roof just looking up at the sky. And it was about maybe, I want to say, zero one in the morning. That's one o'clock in the morning uh, for people who don't know <clears throat> uh, military time. Um, and, you know... Arab nights are beautiful because there's not a lot of light on the ground. And so, this, you know, the sky is always clear and the stars just go on until you can't see them anymore. And I was smoking my cigarette. It was, it was such an interesting, just a crazy contrast, you know, that, that big, beautiful night sky and, and all the shit that was happening right underneath it. Didn't, there was a huge disparity there that was jarring for me. And I, I, I was sitting there just staring out into space just letting my mind wander and I saw some blinking lights on the horizon I wonder what the what the fuck is that what is that and as it came closer I realized that it was a commercial airliner and I had never I, I hadn't seen one of those in a long time maybe I just wasn't looking and I was under the impression that Iraq was like a you know like a no-fly zone I get I don't know if that rule gets rescinded at a certain elevation I don't know but I saw a civilian uh, airliner flying I could tell it was civilian but you know just by its appearance and you know the way how high it was you know the, you know, the lights were flashing and I, re I was just like completely transfixed I remember thinking wow like who I wonder who is on that plane and I wonder who you know, I wonder where they're coming from and I wonder where they're going and, and do they, could they possibly comprehend or have any idea of what's happening underneath them right now? And as the, I watched the plane until it disappeared, until I couldn't see it anymore. <clears throat> and it brought me comfort because it reminded me that at some point, if I lived through this, I'd be on my own plane going home someday. And in that moment, seeing that plane and thinking about those people, in that moment, the rest of the world didn't seem as far away as it felt. And that was 15 years ago. And ever since then, for 15 years, every time 
I find every time I find myself burdened by anxiety or feeling depressed or, or you know, any time I have a flare up um, <clears throat> at night, I go outside and I find a plane in the sky. You know, we, I kind of live in the middle of nowhere, so it's easy. Um, and I usually have my pick. And when I do, I follow it until I can see it anymore. And sometimes I'll find another one. And I'll follow that till I can't see it anymore. And to this day, it reminds me that no matter how bad things seem, no matter how depressed I am or no matter how much my anxiety is kicking my ass at that time, despite all that, the rest of the world still is not as far away as it seems. And that brings me comfort. <clears throat> so what I'd like to ask Infinity Ward... I guess the bottom line, the bluff. Um, well, I guess not a bluff because, you know, the bluff goes at the very beginning. Um, but you know what I mean. Is just... Think about think about the words you use to, to advertise... You know, to talk about Call of Duty. Think about the words that you use to advertise your game. That, that's, that's all I ask. You know, I'm not... You know, do what you want with your game. You know, I, I'm not going to play it because I'm just not interested. I'll be honest with you. Um, but doing it this way is wrong. It's wrong. It's gross. Using what is essentially trauma that people have dealt with for years and years and years and continue to deal with and will deal with for the rest of their lives, using it as a selling point for your video game. <clears throat> it's wrong. And I am respectfully asking you to stop. I know that I would really appreciate it. And I know that all the veterans in my mentions would really appreciate it also. That's all I got. Okay, I hope you all uh, appreciated <clears throat> what John had to say there. And uh, if that conversation was rough for you in any way, um, I'm going to include uh, a couple of links to some support networks, groups, you know, initiatives, um, both for veterans or otherwise, uh, down in the SoundCloud description below. And uh, if you appreciated any part of that discussion or you want to continue it, you feel free to hit up either uh, me on Twitter or, uh, you know, perhaps uh, if, if the conversation meant something to you uh let john know i'm sure he would appreciate that and uh yeah we will see you next week here on the 1099 thanks for listening